is the 410th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons B reporter for the AJC, and I'm reporting here from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons will battle the Cincinnati Bengals to a 13-13 tie as the first-team starters play one series, and B. John Robinson and Desmond Ritter look pretty good in their first appearance here at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium together in the Falcons' exhibition home opener, a 13-13 tie with the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. All right, the Falcons didn't play all of their starters last week. They had 36 starters sit. Today they played them. And uh, the the offense put together a pretty good looking drive, but they didn't score. They uh, overcome overcame some penalties. Uh, were backed up to the 16 after a special teams penalty. Took it all the way down to the four and looked like they were ready to score. But then a couple more penalties backed them up, and the drive stalled on a fourth down or on a on an interception where uh, Desmond Ritter was trying to throw it to Scotty Miller. It looked like he got uh, mauled by the defender. The ball popped up and was intercepted. But here's what Arthur Smith said about how the first team did offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a long drive like that and having to overcome a couple penalties is not going to please you as a coach. You know, those are things we got to clean up, and we will. But um, – Overall, you know, some of the stuff we needed to see, playing in the pocket, mm-hmm. operating in some of those situations, um, that's why we need to play. Mm-hmm. But I thought that uh, spread the ball around. Again, uh, you don't want to see the ball tip up and, and get picked down in a red zone off a, off a really long drive, but that's what happens. So we got a lot of stuff we can coach off of, but it was good getting those guys out there. Same thing defensively. Mm-hmm. And we'll get a stop. Kind of took up the whole first quarter. And then I thought, and the quarterbacks, you know, all three of them, I thought they, had, they threw the ball pretty well. Well, no question about it. The defense, they came out, they got a um, they got a stop also. The Bengals couldn't convert on a fourth down. It was against the Bengals' second team offense led by Trevor Simeon, but still a stop is a stop. Caden Ellis had four sacks. 
And so the defense came out with a good showing, the offense with a good showing. Would have liked to have some points, but, uh, you know, they showed they're going to be able to move the football. Nice balls on third and 12 by Ritter to uh, Drake London, picked up 21. Couple of his balls were behind the receivers and so forth, but hey, that's why you're playing these games to get that timing down. You know, Carl Pitts had to bobble one. Bijan had to reach back for one, and um, but he did throw a nice ball to London and a nice one to Cordarrelle Hodge on a 12-yarder over the middle. So here's what Arthur Smith had to say about Desmond Ritter converting on those third downs. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, playing from the pocket, you guys have heard me talk about that, the pressure of it, but when you can extend plays, that's such a big advantage in the way they have to rush it and the rush plans that you'll get. And Des is a fast fast guy, and he's got a feel for that. You saw it a little bit last year at the end, and you saw it tonight a little bit. And that's, it changes what, I said, it changes some of the calls they'll make and how they have to try to contain you. And um, so it was good to see well, you know, we've been waiting to see Bijan. Well, y'all have been waiting to see him. I've been seeing him in practice, and, and you know, looks certainly fine there. One point that was made to me, uh, you know, because we talk here a lot about uh, when they put the pads on and so forth and so on, and the Lawrence Robinson rule. I said, well, hey, I got to see him in some pads. He's like, no, this guy's got tape. He's got tape at Texas, and just go watch the Alabama game. So, you know, it wasn't no big projection for him. But here's what Coach Arthur Smith said about Bijan Robinson's debut with the Atlanta Falcons. It was unfortunate that, that I thought that, that flag got on the field late, the challenge flag, but what do I know? It was, I thought he, was, he had a good play. We were trying to operate quick. Drake made a, a heck of a play on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Bijan, I mean, he operated fast. It certainly didn't look too good for him. Yeah, it did not look too big for him at all. Four carries for 20 yards. That's five yards a pop. We're going to take that every day of the week. Uh, the one catch, one uh, catch for six yards. Good showing. They could put him back in bubble wrap and have him ready to go on September the 10th against the Carolina Panthers. And here's Bijan and what he talked about, you know, his emotions about getting ready to play his first game. I was definitely a little nervous. Uh, just, just the first one. And... You know that so my team is right. You're just just go out there and, and get the first play out out the way, and then as soon as the first play was out the way, I was ready. I was ready. It, it all went away. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was definitely a little nervous going into it, but I mean, I felt that that was natural. You know, just a human human being. But I felt good right after you know, right after I got that first one. Well, a couple of veterans were in the locker room. We were able to get to them and. I uh, wanted to uh, discuss with uh, Grady Jarrett on how he felt the defense played today. How was it to get the unit out there and uh, y'all got to stop in the one drive? It was good. It was good to get the unit out there. and, um, and But we got a lot of more work to do, but it did feel good to be out there with the guys and uh, get get to work. Okay, and um, what are some of the things y'all could work, move on, you know, just you know, in the short sample size? Move well, on. I think a little bit of everything, you know, run game, pass game, some things that we could definitely can improve on and uh, things we could do better. But I'm definitely encouraged with the way we're going and how the uh, younger guys played as well. So um, things we all can get better on, but um, I'm definitely, you know, pretty pleased with how we, how we came out of all right, and the Falcons uh, safety, Jesse Bates III, was playing his first game with the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't play last week in the opener. And so we wanted to know how he felt. Uh, things were coming along on the defensive side of the football. And he was playing against his former teammates, the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's what Jesse had to say after the game. Turned off their good little action. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, it was a long drive. And- 
you know, almost like a, a real game type of feel, type of drive, and um, come out with zero points is always a positive. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be stuff to clean up on the tape, but I thought we came out and, you know, nobody was being complaining about being out there and playing. Uh, that's the thing you almost worry about during the preseason game is people being bought in and uh, putting it out there on the line. So I thought, I thought we did a good job of setting the tone. How big of a hurdle was it to get out there as you all are trying to put, you know, a unit together with a lot of new, new folks and stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the really, the really, I don't, I don't think it was anything different. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that we it was almost felt like a practice when we were out there, mm -hmm. you know, lining up and uh, we didn't have any MEs or MAs, you know, so it was good. I thought we did a really good job of coming out there, like I said, and setting the tone for the rest of the game. I know y'all pros, but it was your old team and so forth. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. you don't get butterflies no more. And, right. And Dave Gordon told me to tell you hello. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. But yeah, it was, it was good to see everybody from my from my old team. You know, I spent five years there. Um, you know, from the trainers to the media people to my teammates. Um, it's always good to see people that you know you you, you spent a lot of time, blood, sweat, and tears with. Um, with one championships with as well. So it was good to see. Him. Now, uh, one of the receivers, uh, JJ RCA in the white side. Uh, had a big catch up the sideline. Looked like a touchdown. He's in a battle. A lot of receivers are make were making plays out there today uh, for the Falcons. We'll go over those stats in the second half of the after the break here. But here's what JJ. He was former second round pick by the Eagles and uh, uh, had him almost had him a touchdown here today. Uh, didn't get um, on the right side of the pylon and then. Uh, Carlos Washington Jr. took it in for the score to give the Falcons a 10-6 lead uh, late in the game. Here's J.J. Arcinga, Whiteside. Whatever they say happened is what happened. Um, I would love to, for, it, for it to have counted, but I mean, the biggest thing is that we came away with points, and that's what's most important. Yeah, I'm going to start over because I had a recorded one. Oh, uh, it's Did okay. you think you were good in on the big catch there on the sideline? I thought I was. Um, they were talking like they like I was, um, but the biggest thing is to come away with points, and that's what happened. So um, I'm just glad that Los was able to punch it in in the end. And how was it to see the offense move the ball through the air? You know, all three quarterbacks had some some good throws and so forth. Oh, it was it's real good. It's something we've been working on um, in training camp. Is you know, getting that ball in the air, coming down with it, or, you know, building chemistry because. Um, you know, we got all the weapons that we need on the run and uh, the passing game, and now it's just bringing it together. All right, we're going to take a break now. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, but 
before we get moving on to our notes here, I've got a deal for you. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on the AJC.com website. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. We're going to go over some of the uh, key notes here from the game. Uh, you know, the big, big deal was, you know, Desmond Ritter and uh, B. John Robinson. Desmond was 7 of 9 for 80, 80 yards passing. And uh, he also, you know, finished with a, a passer rating in the 60s because of the interception there. So, so that was a uh, not a good rating, but a good, efficient performance. Seven and nine, little off on some passes, but he can, you know, he can work that out. That's not a, a big uh, deal here. But uh, Bijan again, the four carries for 20 yards. It was a 64.1 passer rating for 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 Desmond Ritter. Okay, first half is a little sloppy. Uh, the sloppy game is 13 penalties for 102 yards. Coach Smithfield, he's like, hey, y'all want me to go off on the exhibition game officials? He, uh, he just said they got things to coach up here from this game. Now, one of the other big items here was tight end Kyle Pitts. Uh, on the second down and eight in that first drive, Ritter found him for a nine-yard gain. Uh, it was Pitt, it was Pitts' first action since he suffered the knee injury against the Bears on November 20th. Coach Smith said it's good to have him back out there and feel the speed of the game. Grady Jarrett was out there. Grady um, thought the defense played pretty good. It was good to get the unit out there, Jarrett said. But uh, we already you know covered that. And, um, and then Jesse Bates talking to his folks from Cincinnati. Injury report. Cordell Hodge suffered an ankle injury, but he was uh, standing right behind the coach. He should be in pretty good shape. Uh, wide receiver Penny Hart went down late in the game. Looked like a concussion deal. He, um, I didn't see if he went to the tunnel or, or the, the, the blue tent or not, but uh, Penny Hart was evaluated, and we'll see where that goes. Now I'm just going to flip over here to some of the individual stats and team stats. The uh, Falcons were, you know, the big thing this year is how they had to prove the passing attack. So they're working on that. They threw the ball 31 times in this game, uh, completed 21 of 31 passes for 247 yards. That's eight a catch. Uh, long of 27. That was the one to uh, R.C. Ingo Whiteside. And uh, they had the one interceptions. They did give up four sacks. And um, Logan Whiteside drove him down the field with under 50 seconds left to get him into field goal range for uh, Young Way Koo to make that 45-yarder to tie the game. 
Leading rusher, again, was Goodwin Igwebike, uh, Donald's uh, nephew or cousin, I believe it is. He's 14 for 61, the longer 16. Then Carlos Washington, 5 for 15. Of course, B. John, 4 for 5. A lot of receivers caught balls, so um, it was spread out. It was spread all the way out. You always like to see that. That was a big thing during the Matt Ryan days. But with a 90-man roster, it was still spread out. The um, Josh Ali had three for 39. Go Whiteside had two for 39. Drake London, two for 33. So he's ready to go and see him again this season. Pitts, one for nine. Uh, Scotty Miller, one for five. Parker Hesse had two for 20. Mac Hollins, two for 20. Altogether, 21 catches for 247. Now, they did rush for uh, 116, 27 carries for 116 yards, a 4.3 carry, and Carlos Worston Jr. with the uh, lone touchdown. So good numbers there on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, eight yards a uh, uh, play passing, 4.3 running. And Coach Smith made the point of, hey, was got some all those yards, you need more points to go with those yards. So they'll figure – Figure that out. Now, um, defensively, let's look at uh, what we got here. Okay, Natron Brooks led the team with tackles. He's a cornerback, had six. DeMarco Hellum showed up big again today, two pass breakups and an interception. And um, Arthur Smith said he shows up when the lights come on, just like he did at Alabama. And Caden Ellis had the four tackles in that first series for the first-team defense. So those were the key defenders here. And a bunch of guys with um, three tackles. Well, two with three tackles, Andre Smith Jr. and Clark Phillips. Clark Phillips and LaCale London. And then a bunch of people with two and one tackle. So defensively, the, the big takeaway is the Hillows interception. And Caden Ellis getting four tackles over that first drive uh, there by the first-team defense. And uh, special teams-wise, not too much other than Koo making his extra points. He missed them in Miami, missed two. So, and, you know, I started talking about him being jinxed and all that stuff. But uh, he had his uh, he had his kicking game going today. Punt return-wise, nothing major. And then Bradley Pinion punted three times, 140 yards, 46.7, with one touchback and a long of 52. So that, those are the wrap-up of the stats here from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They played the Bengals, who went to the AFC Championship game last year, and they got a tie, 13-13. Uh, was leading for most of the game. Now, the Bengals did not play. Joe Burrows, their quarterback, he's hurt back home. Didn't even make the trip. And then they didn't play the first-team receivers. They didn't get to see uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all the you know pressure that the Bengals could bring to bear offensively. It's, they didn't even play Joe Mixon. So, I mean, it was Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning for the game. He played up out of Washington. You know, and the running backs were, you know, Jake Chase Brown and Chris Evans. You know, the wide receiver, leading wide receivers was Charlie Jones with four for 36. 
Um, I don't think you know most of these receivers, so we don't need to to go down that list as they really play backups here. I mean, when you go to the AFC Championship game, you kind of get the big head like, oh, we don't need to play. You know, we'll be ready when uh, flip when they flip the coin on September the 10th. But that's um, that's how the Bengals came in here. The Falcons went toe to toe with them, had the lead. You know, six it was six it was three to nothing. Then Bengals hit two field goals, take a lead, six to three. Then uh, Washington scores a touchdown. Heineke leads them on the touchdown drive. And that makes it a uh, ten to six. Then the Bengals come back with their own touchdown drive late, and then with fifty seconds to go, Logan Woodside gets the backups. Big pet, big catch there by John Fitzpatrick to help the Falcons get down the field quickly. Then uh, uh, Woodside also had a pass going to Zay Malone in the end zone that could have been a touchdown grab, but it was not. And they then they came on and kicked the field goal for a 13-13 tie exhibition season. That's one of the great new rules that, hey, just cut it off. It's a tie. <laughs> no overtime in exhibition. But now the Falcons are, you know, uh, we start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here. The exhibition season's almost done. They got a game uh, next Thursday against the Pittsburgh Steelers here at 7.30. You know, we're going to uh, take a special break here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. It's my mother's 80th birthday on August the 22nd, and she wanted to go on a cruise. So we'll be leaving for her cruise here within the next 48 hours, and we'll be at sea. I think they do have a sports bar on the ship we're on. And so I'll be watching uh, out, out there in the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. Uh, but Gabriel Burns will be in charge, and he'll be larger and in charge for us next week. I think Doug Roberson's going to come over to help us out. Uh, but, yeah, they got you all covered next week Next week for the uh, Falcons coverage on AJC.com. Much like the starters here for the Falcons, uh, I'm ready for the opener. So we're going to pronounce myself ready to go for the opener. We'll be back. We'll be ready for that first week of the season. We're going to go into bubble wrap like uh, Desmond Ritter and Bijan and all those guys, and we'll we'll see you uh, soon here back on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So with that, we're going to tell you to have a great weekend and get ready for that Steeler game, the last one in the exhibition season. And then after that, we got a kind of long break, a little Labor Day love in there, and then we'll get ready for the first regular season game on September the 10th against the Carolina Panthers. Take care. We'll see you soon.